Welcome to the City Beautiful Church podcast. Thank you for taking the time to join our family as we strive to live together in heavenly reality. For more great content, visit us online at citybeautiful.ch. All right, all right. If everybody wants to go ahead and move back to your seats. Welcome, everyone. Welcome. Uh, feels good in here today. Really feels communal. Uh, we're doing something a little bit different today. We're finishing up this series that we've been in uh, called Listening to the Voice of God. And in the series, we kind of broke it up into two parts. Uh, the first part, we were looking at what are the different ways in which God speaks? What's his language when he speaks to us? Uh, and in our community, we believe that um, each of us, like all of these ways that God speaks to us are available to all of us all the time. Um, but for each of us, there's very specific ways that resonate the most with who we are and how he's wired us. And so we explored some of those ways in which God speaks. And then we pivoted over the past several weeks to how do we posture ourselves to listen? God can be talking all the time. I believe that God is talking all the time, um, but we're not always listening. And so how do we actually put ourselves in that place to hear him? And so we wanted to wrap up the series that I've brought up four of our sweet friends uh, from the community who uh, are on this journey with us of learning how to listen to God um, in the ways in which he speaks um, and especially learning how to kind of tune their ears on the journey towards growing close to him. Um, you can tell this is a very formal affair. I'm wearing my formal shirt today. Um, this is actually my Disney shirt. You know, everybody, how many of you have like a, a piece of Disney attire that's your, your like a pass holder? You know how it is. Um, so I'm, I'm going to pray and uh, we're going to jump into it. We, don't, we didn't overly script what's going to happen. Um, I don't exactly know. Uh, what is going to happen or what they're going to say. Um, Daniel's got the heresy count up there, so as soon as we hit three heresies, the mic's cut, uh, and we just go straight into singing uh, Because He Lives by the Gaither Vocal Band, <clears throat> just, to, just to bring us back to the center, you know what I mean? Uh, so let's, let's pray, and let's see what the Lord has for us. Um, uh, beautiful God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, Three in one. God, who is more than we can ask for or imagine. We know that you're here, that you are with us, that not only are you with us, you're also for us. And God, before we speak of what it means to listen to you, we need to trust your heart, that you are good. And that everything that you speak, everything that you feel towards us, everything that you do for us, through us, in us, is also for our good. Now, that this whole thing has a trajectory, that it's going somewhere. And we need to trust that. So Lord, whatever's happening within each one of us this morning, whatever we're bringing in with us or what we already perceive you doing in worship, we lay those things at your feet one at a time. We submit them to you. Um, that your truth would reign over all things in this space. And so may the words of our lips up front and the meditation of all of our hearts in this family be ever pleasing in your sight, O Lord, a rock and our redeemer. Amen. 
So finishing up this series called Listening to the Voice of God, I wanted to be, us to begin with a passage of scripture uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. And it's a little bit long, and it, it can feel like one of those overwhelming passages because the language can, it just seems so obtuse. And so as I'm reading this, I want you to be considering just kind of phrase by phrase, what have you learned that each of these things means? It's talking about living life according to the Spirit. Not only recognizing the Spirit within us is what defines us as the people of God, as the family of God, but how we learn to listen to the Spirit and in turn respond to the promptings of the Spirit and the fact that this does set us apart from the norm. This does put us in a very odd category. How many of you sometimes feel very awkward being someone who uh, has the Spirit of God living within them, right? Uh, or, or when he speaks and it feels strange and alien, it's unfamiliar. I think this passage is almost giving us permission to feel that way, but to have confidence that God is doing something within us. So I'm going to read uh, this passage. It's a little bit longer, so it's going to be up on the screens. You can read in your Bible if you brought it with you, or you can just kind of close your eyes and allow the Lord to speak to you through it. This is 1 Corinthians 2, uh, 6 to 15. Paul is kind of encouraging this church to recognize what their ground zero is. We do, however, speak a message of wisdom among the mature, but not the wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. No, we declare God's wisdom, a mystery that's been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived. The things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by his spirit. It's an interesting challenge for us sitting here today to recognize that there's, there is a wisdom that is a conventional wisdom, but there's a wisdom that goes beyond wisdom, something that we are privy to only through the spirit of God. And Paul continues, uh, the spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. What we have received is not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God so that we may understand what God has freely given us. And this is the kind of key verse I want you to hone in on. This is what we speak, not in words taught us by human wisdom, but in words taught by the Spirit, explaining spiritual realities with Spirit-taught words. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. The person with the Spirit makes judgment about all things, but such a person is not subject to merely human judgments, for who has known the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. And I love that last phrase. We have the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Jesus, the Messiah, the King. Because we're being conformed to his image, right? And it's not the Christian journey, one of slowly through time, allowing the Spirit of God to work within us so that each and every day we think and feel and act a little bit more like Jesus, that the, the kingdom of heaven becomes more our solid foundation, becomes more our area of citizenship, and we leave behind the ways that we thought and acted and felt in the world. And so um, these are four people that I believe in our community are on that journey. Have they arrived? Any of you? No. 
Well, okay, so Curtis, <laughs> Curtis has arrived, and you, you know that because there's a shiny glowing halo behind him, like in all of our icons. Um, but, you know, the, even John in Revelation says it's through the testimony of the saints that we're strengthened, that we're encouraged. And my hope is for each one of you, as you're listening to these folks talk about their story, their journey, their experiences, that there's going to be certain things that they say that resonate with you and they give you perhaps language for what you're experiencing. But my hope is that you also encounter new ways of thinking about the Spirit of God, that you're inspired to believe this isn't just something that we read about in a book. It's not just even something we hear is happening half a world away, but there's people within our community that are on this journey. And I think what's so important for us to recognize as Paul is, is speaking even at the beginning here of maturity in the spirit is not about a arrival point. Maturity is the way in which we walk the path. Okay. So even in Ephesians, he says, not that we've achieved all these things, but we press on to the goal to which we've been called. All who are mature should take such a perspective. And that's the goal today. So recognize maturity is having a trajectory that we are moving deeper into the realities of God, that we are being conformed in the way that we think, feel, and act, and that we're traveling that journey together. So a couple questions that we're going to be going through um, with each of these four about their personal journeys, the ways in which they've learned to hear God speak to them, ways in which they've learned to kind of tune their ears to hear his voice and, and things that they want to grow in more. So we'll kind of use the first question as a little bit of an introduction so you can just kind of share who you are, where you're from, and kind of this, uh, this journey. So how would you describe your journey uh, in learning to listen to the Holy Spirit? We'll just go down the, we'll just go down the row. Um, my name's Stephanie, for those of you who don't know me. Um, my journey with the Holy Spirit is a little bit um, hard to explain, um, just in the sense of I think the all of our journeys with the Holy Spirit are so intimate and personal, and so it's kind of um, come in waves, I think. Um, but I can't really talk about my testimony with the Holy Spirit or talk about my journey with the Holy Spirit without um, referencing uh, my mom, my own mom, in um, confession. Um, when I was a kid, I actually remember from a really young age getting into a pattern of confession, um, recognizing a particular struggle in myself and going to my mom with it, because when you're little, that's who you go to. Um, and I see now that being the Holy Spirit. Um, and so through my, kind of really through my childhood and through all my growing up, I, it was just this continual feelings of failure because I felt like I was just having to confess the same things over and over again and I f came to a point where I was just stripping my faith and just laying it bare and going, you know, is this true? Why do I believe it? Am I taking on my parents' belief? And when I was kind of in that phase, I really struggled with feeling like, is this, does the spirit really stay with me when I struggle? And I really wrestled with, like, how do I know that I have the spirit? How do I know that God is faithful, and um, my mom was present for all of that. And I just um, look back and I remember feeling like, um, and Chrissy actually, I, don't, I can't see where she's sitting, but Chrissy actually was the one who, um, when we were at the Becoming Retreat um, a couple years ago, she was the one that pointed out to me that in a lot of ways, our relationships with our mom reflect how we feel about the Holy Spirit or how we interact with the Holy Spirit. And it just hit me like a ton of bricks that that pattern with my mom set me up to see the faithfulness of the Holy Spirit. 
And um, it, every time I came to her and confessed and struggled and asked questions, she was there. And she was just looking at me with love and acceptance and affection. And that continual um, rhythm with her taught me that I had that rhythm with the Holy Spirit. And I can't name a one particular point in my life history where the Holy Spirit came in sort of a glorious conversion kind of way. And I, I've always been, I've always loved those stories and other people. Um, but I think it was more for me just like this quiet whisper of, I'm here, I'm here. And at some point along the line, I believed. I knew. I knew he was with me. And he was just very, very, I don't know, closer than I can explain. Um, and that faithfulness, I think, is the biggest part of my story. So, um, I'm Nicole. Hi. I think for me, I I grew up. I am a PK, a pastor's kid, and I grew up in a very um, charismatic environment um, in a Pentecostal denomination, and so. Pentecostal people are all about the Holy Spirit. <laughs> and I, for many years, um, it was something that, to me, he wasn't odd. He wasn't weird. It was just very normal to talk about the Holy Spirit and talk about what he was doing in our lives and talking about this dream that he had given my mother or this vision or burden that I had as a child, and so we needed to pray over it. It was very, very, very normal. Um, it wasn't until I was quite a bit older, um, maybe early teens, preteen years, that I realized it wasn't so common. It was very normal for us, but it wasn't common. Um, I would talk to other friends of mine who were Christians and grew up in Christian households and even some that grew up in like Pentecostal denominations and it still wasn't common for them to have their mother, you know, say, the Lord gave me this dream about you and da 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 and you're like a teenager and you're like, oh Lord help me, she's reading my mail right now. Um, so it was, it was really interesting to, to grow up in that type of environment. Um, it wasn't until I reckon I was a, a bit older that the Holy Spirit became um, much more of the comforter to me. Um, growing up, um, I dealt with a, a lot of like sickness and health issues and uh, anxiety and depression. And it was in those moments that the Holy Spirit became a comforter to me and someone that... Um, as you mentioned, kind of is just like, I'm here, I'm right here, I'm beside you, I'm strengthening you, um, I'm building you up. And that's really special to me because growing up in the environment that I did, especially whenever I was a lot younger, there was a lot of zeal about the Holy Spirit and a lot of the giftings and everything like that. And there wasn't as much about understanding his personality and who he is to us and that he is here to comfort us. And like you said, there are, there's so much truth to that saying a lot of times that um, our relationships with our mother sometimes affects the way we interact with the Holy Spirit. And so in my journey to become closer to the Holy Spirit, it's been um, kind of like you said, in, in waves because the Holy Spirit is so all-encompassing and so dynamic and um, can sometimes be a little confusing um, that there's a lot of elements of trusting that I've had to walk through with the Holy Spirit 
and, um, and also trusting that that Holy Spirit is inside of me and that I can trust what he is saying. I can trust what he is doing. I can trust where he is leading me because I know that it's never going to be in the wrong direction. Um, it's still, I definitely am a lot more comfortable with the Holy Spirit and talking about the Holy Spirit than really understanding, you know, God the Father and God the Son. Um, I love them all because they're all my God, but at the same time, I um, am a lot more familiar <laughs> with the Holy Spirit and how He works in our lives. So, yeah. Cool. I thought the mic was coming that way. Um, hi, everyone. My name is Kevin. Uh, it's wonderful to be here. Um, when I was asked the question, um, what has been your journey with the Holy Spirit? Um, it was like, huh, journey with the Holy Spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is so dynamic and so moment to moment provides you with what you need to hear and the perspective and um, the conviction or the encouragement or the affirmation uh, or sometimes just a, a, a moment of awareness. Wow, you opened my eyes to something. I was like, how do I say this in an idea of like a linear journey? Like we went from here, then we traveled to here. But I, I realized that the Holy Spirit uh, works throughout the story and, and providing what it needs at each time. So I didn't really grow up in church. I was aware of church and I went on occasion. But the first time I had a really powerful interaction with the Holy Spirit was when I was 15 at a youth group and I accepted Christ. Um, a guy named Cal was preaching that day and... Um, it was, it, was just an over, it was just a transformational experience. I remember I was the only person in the youth. I was a ninth, a ninth grader, so I was a, a, the youngest of the high school youth group. And I was the only person who raised their hand to accept Christ that day. And I was like, I'm so insanely nervous to do this. I wish someone else was doing this too. Because it was like, why do I have to be the only one who feels this burning in my heart? Um, but I remember like that was such a transformational experience of just like, of just having this person pray over me and be with me and accepting Christ and feeling the Holy Spirit come alive in me. And um, I ended up having a, a relationship with this guy, Cal, over the years. He was actually the person who performed my uh, Sarah and I's marriage ceremony a few months ago. Um, and so uh, one of the things I've learned about the Holy Spirit in my journey um, is that the Holy Spirit will share with you what you need in that moment. Sometimes, uh, like in the Maslow's hierarchy of needs, like sometimes you just need the most basic, you know, food and water and breath. And sometimes the Holy Spirit just comforts you and says, you're okay, I love you, I'm with you, don't be afraid. And then when we're in a place of wellness, we can hear on behalf of others. I'm sure every one of you have experienced times where you knew that, like, wow, this person is in need. God, please provide for them. God, please provide for this, this people group or this cause or situation, and then we become a vessel for the Holy Spirit. Uh, even if we have needs, it's like God just channels through us, and we become a conduit of knowledge or wisdom or comfort or supernatural whatever God wants to birth through us. And that dynamic um, aspect of the relationship, I think, is, is so beautiful and why, why the law could never suffice to provide, to provide what the Holy Spirit could provide. And um, for me, I think it's, it's, it's like... It's, it's cyclical of asking, like, Holy Spirit, like, am I listening to you? Where are you? Like, please speak to me. Listening, 
being in that place of stillness and saying, okay, listening doesn't mean immediately hearing. It means opening myself to listen. Sometimes what I need to hear for a while is just stillness to calm my mind, to slow down. And hearing is like, okay, there we go. I hear you spoke something to me. And then processing it, reflecting upon it. And once we've digested or acted upon what the Holy Spirit says to us, we're able to ask, okay, what's the next step? Where do I go from here? So it's, it's, the, it's such a dynamic process, but it's so beautiful and relational. Hey guys, I'm Curtis um, from Titusville, um, 28. Um, favorite color is purple. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, <clears throat> I would say, uh, actually, a lot of what you just said, um, I love you and it's going to be okay, that reminds me, I mean, for me, I was 14, and um, my dad, it, like, uh, he took us to church, but, like, he struggled with addiction, so, like, um, it was kind of like when he was clean, like, we're, we're believers, and we, we follow Jesus, and then, like, when he wasn't, it was, like, super gnarly and, and kind of dark, and... Um, Is that, that's bad gnarly. Bad gnarly, yeah. Um, just, yeah, it was, yeah, it was a little wild ride in those moments. And, um, and so for me, I didn't really think any of that was real. If anything, it was just like to make you feel good about going in the ground one day. And, um, and then it's kind of cynical to say it that way, but that was really what it boiled down to for me. Uh, it was more of like the self-help thing. And uh, when I was 14, a lot had kind of come up to this point where... Um, I didn't really understand the point of living anymore. I was questioning it all. Uh, my best friend had passed away. My dad was in that season where he was using. My mom was gone. And it was just me and my sister um, living in this house in Titusville. And I remember um, getting to this point where it was like 4 a.m. And uh, I knew there were some pills in the cabinet. And I was you know, contemplating. I knew if I took them all and went to sleep that I probably wouldn't wake up. And, um, and having those thoughts really got me to this, like, you know, whoa, what am I thinking about? This is, I knew I was at the end of my rope. And, um, and I said, like, the most famous, you know, line in my bedroom, uh, God, if you're real, I need to know. And it was like, before I could even finish the sentence, um, there was this warmth that came over me. And I remember hearing exactly what you said, I love you and it's gonna be okay. And nothing about my situation or my circumstances or how I was feeling said that. Um, so I knew it wasn't me. And you know like, you know like um, when someone's telling a lie, I mean if you're intuitive, you can, you, can, you can see it in their eyes or the fluctuation in their voice or there's little things that you can just pick up on, you're like this isn't true. And this voice wasn't this audible thing. It wasn't this like, you know, weird, crazy spiritual. It was just this like, it was right here. And it was so sure and so settled and so confident. And um, I remember just being like, that's the spirit of Jesus. That's the Holy Spirit. And um, in that moment, it was for me, it was just like, I knew that voice um, would sound like that. I knew he would be confident. I knew that it would bring truth. I knew that it would be, I found out later that the Holy Spirit has a name called the, 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 the Comforter. 
And that's what he did for me in that moment and, and in so many moments um, was um, he revealed the heart of God towards me. And um, yeah, I think that's what kind of started the, the journey for me. So for you guys, you know, there's a lot of different stories. I hear a lot of sniffles. I assume there's a lot of allergies in the room. Um, how many of you, just quick poll, how many of you grew up in a church where Holy Spirit is like kind of center stage, you know the lingo, like a couple of you. How many of you grew up in a church and maybe there was an, like, and there was an acknowledgement of the Holy Spirit being a, th a thing, but it wasn't really like expressed? Okay, how many of you didn't grow up in church and like you kind of had this like radical, all of a sudden there's this new thing that's introduced to you, teenage years, adult years? Okay. And I think that's so fascinating. You know, I remember... Um, I remember being at this, it was like it was a, some of you from the 90s remember Promise Keepers and we went to, my dad and I went to one of these things and this guy was sharing his testimony and you know like usually when people share testimony and it's like yeah I was a, I was a biker and a murderer and I met the, you know, <laughs> and, you're like, and then you're like I grew up in church, yeah. dang it, this guy got up and he told this story, he's like I grew up in church, I, I've never known a time without God and he's like and I want you to know that if that's your story too that is 100% as valuable as the next person's, you see? And that's the beauty of the diversity within our community is some of us had this kind of radical moment later on in life, and that's valuable. Some of us grew up with a constant awareness that was always being refined. Some of us grew up, but we didn't necessarily have all the pieces, but it kind of comes through. And it's not that there's one story that's better than another, it's that they're all blessed because God is working all of this towards the same destination. And that's why it's so important that we share our stories because we will either resonate or we're kind of, uh, in a really good way, challenged to accept a new way of encountering the Holy Spirit. So that brings me to the second question. Um, what are the main ways that you hear him speak? Just in a sense or two, like we've been speaking about the different language that God uses, that all, all the ways God speaks are available to all of us all the time. But are there one or two ways that you've honed in on of like, this is kind of ground zero for my conversation with the Holy Spirit? I think um, I hear him speak most clearly um, when, this is gonna sound really cliche, when I'm being most open. Um, so when I, am, which for me often comes when I'm writing and so, um, and I'm a very emotional person. So a lot of times I just have to get that out whether it's through counseling or writing or whatever. Um, I have to sort through a lot. And I think when I'm, most open with him and really pouring out my heart to him, he, it's, he's right there. And um, it's kind of like Curtis said, it's, it's not necessarily an audible voice, it's more like a warmth and there's a difference in the atmosphere, there's a difference in um, the way I even process my own emotions, there's a different, um, he's there. And his love and affection pours over everything and it's it's just that that warmth that's so present that you can't escape it you can't um, run from it and sometimes it it's hard almost to handle because you you see also all the parts of yourself that you don't necessarily want to see um, and so all those I don't know everything that's dark comes to light and um, but he's there, and he's just with me, and he's holding my hand, and 
Um, yeah, I would say that's the way I hear it. Um, I won't go into detail because of time, but for me, it's basically um, two of the main ways. Uh, one is through songs. He'll bring a song to my memory that I haven't thought about in a long time, and within that has some meaning. Or also with words. Um, I'll need to look up a definition, look at the root word, things like that. And it's very personal because that's who I am. I grew up in a musical family, and I'm a writer. And so those are two ways that he really speaks to me. Um, a few years back, I, um, in contemplating these types of relationship with God, I realized, um, it's like, oh, God only speaks as loudly as he needs for me to hear him. When I'm not listening well, he's got to speak, the Holy Spirit speak louder to say, hey, you're not listening to me, pay attention. And when I'm tuning my ear to him, um, it's one of those things like you see, um, people who know each other really well, they can just communicate non-verbally across the room and it's, it's that level of uh, intimate knowing each other. So um, as, my, as my scripture, the first time I really studied the Gospels opened my eyes to my relationship with the Holy Spirit in such a deeper way. And, and I still have times where a parable that, that I haven't thought about or, or actively studied in like a, maybe a couple of years, it just comes to mind out of nowhere because I was, it was saturated in my heart and mind at one point. And the Holy Spirit's like, look at this one in a different way. So being reminded of the words of Jesus in, in moments where I don't expect it is one awesome way that God speaks to me. Uh, he speaks to me through community and through, uh, through others, for sure, especially when I'm paying attention um, to both their needs and their, their joys. And then um, the big one that's been in the past couple years of deepening my relationship is um, really connecting with nature and spending time with nature because um, the creation... Is, it, is imbued with the character of God. It's, it's, it's pure, and it, it didn't eat the apple. It's, it, the creation is, is shows so much of God's character, and so I, I can um, feel God moving in ways that I, I wouldn't ever expect. It's like, a, it's like going to an improv performance you don't know until God shows you, oh, this is something brand new that I didn't know I was going to experience today. So... Um, in the shower, and, uh, <laughs> um, no, yeah, I, for me, it's like, uh, safe spaces, so, um, the shower is one of them, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, you know, and sometimes I'll do, like, I don't know, like, some instrumental music, kind of lower, and maybe a, a candle, and it's getting kind of intimate, but, uh, <laughs> what I do. Um, uh, a walk. I go out in nature as well around Winter Park and um, I go for a walk and usually have music playing but nothing with words just so that like it kind of um, I think music has a way of opening up you know the door to your heart and, um, and so like a good instrumental music or good instrumental, instrumental track would uh, kind of help me with that a little bit. And then just really, yeah, just atmosphere. Um, sometimes lighting incense and putting all my favorite shorts. And uh, <laughs> I was going to wear them today, actually, so I felt really comfortable, you know. Um, but little things like that, I think just like what, what brings the, the walls down around your heart. 
And it can be fragrance, um, it can be shorts, it can be a shower. Short, a shower really does bring the walls down, you know? It strips you completely naked. Um, <laughs> but yeah, those are the main You know, things. I mentioned that I didn't know what was gonna happen today, so we're just gonna embrace this, like, Lord, I receive. <laughs> um, so, so we highlighted, you know, at the beginning of the series, we talked about a few of the main ways God speaks. Uh, he speaks through scripture. He speaks through the church, either through the great tradition, you know, the, 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 the mothers and fathers of the church, or through our immediate community. Um, he speaks to us through nature. He speaks to us uh, through the Holy Spirit within us. Um, and he speaks to us through reason and logic and kind of structure and order. So just quick poll, like of those, you know, six ways or so, how many of you, scripture is a major way that God speaks to you? Okay, um, for how many of you? Maybe it's uh, the tradition, the writings, the 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 actions of the church, the sacred acts. I think I'm the only one. There's two of us. All right, uh, through community, through other people that that love you and support you. Okay, um, how many of you uh, through nature? God speaks to you a lot through nature. Excellent. Um, how many of you? It's uh, through the Holy Spirit within you. That's it's the nudge, it's the voice, it's the prompting, okay? How many of you, it's through kind of order, reason, logic, structure, that, okay, great. So you can see even within this community, there's a lot of diversity in the ways in which God speaks to us. So God is speaking all the time through all these different ways, but we have to do the work sometimes to get ourselves in a posture to hear him. Um, so real quick, we don't have to go down the line, but if you have, um, you know, one thing that you have found particularly helpful to, uh, for you to tune your ear to hear his voice, what would it be? Anybody want to take that one in particular? Kevin? In preparing for today, I really uh, wanted to share um, that tuning into oneself and really finding homeostasis within oneself, um, the spirit gives us life and our biology is, is intimately connected to the spirit. It, it illuminates us. God, God is in our biology. He created it. And I found that um, the whole, like I said, the Holy Spirit, if, it, if the Holy Spirit wants to speak to you, you can speak to you at any point, but if we are tuning and listening to our needs, um, finding rest, balance, exercise, finding personal homeostasis and well-being, it's, it's the receptivity to the Holy Spirit is so much, so much greater, and it's, it's, um, it's less searching and more just being present and listening. It, it's, it's, it helps a lot, and I, I know that recently... I, um, I've been like, oh yeah, I am not taking, I'm not slowing down enough. So we all get reminded of, of these lessons because it's a practice. Yeah, it's good. I think it's a kind of like what she was talking about. I think you have to posture yourself for it. Um, I mean, it's this place of kind of humility or, or just realizing like, hey, I don't have it all together. And if you give him room to speak, he, he will. He says he will. And, um, and if you don't hear a voice here or here, or a song doesn't speak to you, I mean, he's given us his word. And, um, but I think it's definitely this space of like, yeah, maybe I'm wrong about this relationship, or maybe I'm wrong about taking this job, and you've been kind of feeling this thing, and you're kind of confused on what to do about it. Um, I think there's this letting go of your life to, ha to receive the life that God wants you to have. And that doesn't make sense. Like that scripture we were reading, the second to last slide, it said, um, uh, it said it's, it's, it's uh, foolish. The, what, can you pull it up? Can you do that like 
Don't the countdown's like 10 seconds. Uh, yeah, it says that um, the people like like the spirit of God, like when it gives you wisdom or gives you direction, sometimes it might, it might mean quitting a job that you like, it doesn't make sense to quit, to pursue something else that you feel like God's telling you to do. That's, it doesn't make sense. You're 100% right. And people will tell you that it's foolish, but God's more, I think God's just so much more focused on who we're becoming than what we're doing. Not that, not that the other one's um, not important, um, but I just think that you letting go of what you think um, you need to do or you need to be and letting, and letting God call those shots um, starts with you creating space and just like opening your heart to it. It's a posture. Yeah. Um, and let's, we'll go, to the, we'll go to the last question because I actually, I'd love to open it up if anybody has any questions that you want to ask someone up here in particular or just in general because I think that's really valuable too. Um, so, like I said, maturity is not the posture of having arrived, but it's really, I have a trajectory, I know where I'm going, um, and I own what God has shown me so far, but he also gives us this hunger to continue on. So what, what more do you want to learn about listening to God as you continue growing? Um, for me, one thing that um, lately I've really been trying to like press into is um, being still and silent and listening to him. Um, Holy Spirit and I have been jiving for most of my life together, so he's really been great at getting my attention over the years, but I also am a very um, busy person. That's just how I am made, not just because of my job or anything like that. I just don't. I'm not very good at just being. And so um, forcing myself to practice um, stillness and silence and, and in that moment say, okay, God, I'm opening my heart. I'm preparing to hear from you. I anticipate and believe that I will hear from you and allowing that to happen instead of it having to be something like getting my attention, you know, instead of him being like, hey, hey, this, this, this or whatever. And then I have to go and dissect and figure out what he's trying to say to me. Instead, showing up in a moment and saying, I've set this moment aside as sacred and I, I'm asking you to be with me and also if you would like to also speak to me. You don't have to, but you know, it'd be nice. So um, that's something I've been doing and really pressing into here recently specifically. And um, yeah. This question really excites me. Um, I was praying this morning and God gave me a revelation on what to share on this topic, so it's exciting. Uh, anybody who's um, had conversations with me um, knows I'm a kingdom dreamer and I really, um, I really just find my joy and my passion in dreaming um, about how we can bring the kingdom of heaven to earth. And um, what I really uh, want to do more in listening to God is, um, like the, the Corinthians passage talked about, like listening to the spirit for spiritual truth and spiritual language, spirit-taught words, and, and, and renewing our minds to the mind of Christ. And um, so, so many, so many um, people throughout history missed, not necessarily missed God, but missed the intimate knowledge and relationship with God because they were looking too much to the structure rather than the dynamic reality that the Holy Spirit offers. And I was thinking about the Sabbath, and I was thinking about 
some, just recently, I was like, why did Jesus have to heal on the Sabbath? Like, he really challenged people's beliefs by doing this. And this is one of these, these kind of creative discernments that I believe that the Spirit teaches us to read between the lines and see the heart of the matter that's not just in the text, whether it be the, the Ten Commandments or, or the text in general. He can show us the, the heart of the nature of the thing. And this morning, I was, I was just like, had this aha moment where the Sabbath is not about rest, it's about restoration. And to me, that was, God gave me the word restoration because it was like a unlock the key to my mind. It's like, oh, they were so worried about resting on the Sabbath. And Jesus was trying to say, if the restoration is to heal someone, if I'm going to do a miracle on the Sabbath, it's, this is better for them than simply just sitting in a chair all day. It's a restoration, not just a pure passive rest. It's, it's, it's the renewal and the restoration. And that concept excites me so much because these are languages that we don't, the world doesn't give us, but the Spirit gives us these kind of awakenings. That's great. That's great. So, um, let's, let's make it interactive. You know, we want to, we want to, what we're continually trying to do as a community is to break down like, oh, here's these people up on stage and they're doing Jesus things and we're going to go watch it in the same way that we're, you know, watching the Lion King or whatever it might be. Um, but that we're actually interactive. So does anybody have like a question that they want to ask to a particular person or just in general? Uh, right here, David. Um, how do you, well, we kind of like talked about this at community group uh, the other day. I'm going to put my friend's name on the spot. I don't know where he is. Oh, there he is. I was talking about like my engagement with the Holy Spirit and like how I've experienced like these intimate times of conversation, how we're talking now. Yeah. And I, he was just like, how, like, how did you get to that place where you talk with, like, the Holy Spirit of God like that, and, um, and I think he also just mentioned, like, I guess this is the main point of what, what I'm trying to bring up, like, how do you know what's God and what's yourself, or how do you know what is the Holy Spirit and what is yourself, so I'd be curious to hear how some of you all differentiate between, like, all the noise of your mind and your heart, um, and, like, what the Holy Spirit is saying. That's great. So the question is, how do you, in religious language, we say discern, right? How do you discern what's yourself? Uh, well, I, w- I would even expand it beyond that because I think Nicole spoke on this a couple weeks ago. Um, and, and Sam and Kristen actually spoke of something similar too when they, when they talked to us about how do we listen and then respond. There's the voice of God and then there's the voice of yourself, which we would say is your ego. And then there's actually the voice of the enemy, right? Um, which we'd say is the, probably the second sweetest voice in your head sometimes, let's be honest, right? So how have you guys learned how to discern what's God, what's you, and uh, what's old Beelzebub? <laughs> <laughs> old, old Scratch? Yeah, that's a great one. Um, two things for me, and they're not the only two ways by any means, I don't mean this to be limiting, but um, two big things for me when I'm, because I'm very emotional and so I think even more than anything the voice of myself gets in the way, but um, when I'm sitting and I'm writing and I feel the presence of the Holy Spirit with me, um, one of the things that helps in that conversation or that presence is um, I always have scripture with me so that if there's something that comes to mind or something that I'm unsure of, I, I can test it and I can take it to the word and I can say, okay, God, like, what do you, what do you say about it? Um, and then the second is letting in the voice of the community around us. So 
taking something that we think we've heard or that we think we should do and taking it to um, a person that has the spirit that we trust that's mature um, and saying, what do you think? Does this line up with what you think the Lord has for my life? Um, And I think that's part of like kind of what Curtis was saying about posturing yourself. Like if you're not really open with your community about what's going through your head or your heart, um, they're not really going to be able to help you discern those things. And so I think that openness that we develop with our closest people helps us to, helps them to help us discern like what's the spirit for us and what's not. That's really good. Yeah, I think sometimes you don't know. That too. I mean, Paul and all them that they said it seems good to us and the Holy Spirit. It seems good to us. So they were doing community together and they were like, we think we're going to plant this church or do this or risk our lives. I mean, it was crazy times to be saying you were a Jesus follower and they didn't know. See, to base your whole life on a seems good to us and the Holy Spirit, like we're kind of feeling this thing and we're going to like put our lives on the line. I don't know if there's ever like this very clear, sometimes there is maybe, but I think a lot of times it's just this kind of inward compass, this kind of like, I, th- I think that I'm supposed, do you think I'm supposed to, are we supposed to, I think, and then you like lined it up with scripture and like, hey, does this bring life to the city or does this bring life to my marriage or does this bring life to my relationships? I think it's not this very like, this was God, this was Curtis and this was now, some things you're like, yeah, that was Curtis, you know? <laughs> the shower thing, for example. That's God. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the, 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 the number one thing is, is cross-referencing, right? Like, we have all these different ways that God speaks to us. If you hear God in one avenue, if it's true there, it has to be true everywhere. And that is huge. So, it's like if some, you know, it's like if David walks into y'all's small group one day and goes, I just got this special dispensation from the Lord. We all need to make uh, hats out of tinfoil and we need to get up on the roof um, because the aliens are coming and we're storming Area 51 on September 20th. Anybody else signed up for that? You go, okay, let's, uh, let's go to the good book and let's see, does this sound like God, you know? Um, one of the little mantras that I think has been most helpful for me specifically, the spirit of God and the spirit of the Satan. Uh, to consider them as the spirit of accusation and the spirit of advocacy. Now, it doesn't mean the spirit that makes you feel bad and the spirit that makes you feel good. Okay, it's different. But advocacy means, am I, is my life on this trajectory to look more like Christ? And does what I'm hearing help me towards that? If it's an encouragement, if it's a challenge, if it's a rebuke, and then the spirit of accusation that's looking to hold me down, hold me back, uh, suppress me. Um, so it's very important that you understand the trajectory of your life to be able to discern in the moment who's who and what's what. Um, let's go, Heather. Real, oh, yeah, real quick. This sure. Yeah, 20 yeah. Seconds. Um, and the cross-referencing thing is external, where two or more are gathered, there I am, or there God is, but also internal, because um, intuition, like the mind, God can speak to our imagination, our creativity, or to like uh, just a thought, but sometimes it's just like this intuition, like, wow. That knowledge was already in me. The Holy Spirit was there. Yeah. It just all of a sudden it got uncovered and, and it creates inner resonance. When you really know something's from the Holy Spirit, your mind and your heart and the feeling of joy and well-being, it, it all vibrates. It all resonates to like, oh, here we go. This feels true. It, that doesn't happen all the time. And sometimes part of faith is, is going on the, it seems, 
best, but sometimes there's just that, okay, my whole body knows this is it. Yeah, and I think that's a, you learn into that too. Yeah. Um, Heather? So was there, a, was there a time in your life where God spoke something that did not seem normal or conventional or reasonable? Nope. Everything that God... No, just kidding. <laughs> I mean, my first, my first thought was uh, this lady, MG. Um, my dad had been uh, kind of looking after this lady who was widowed. She's 76 years old. And... Um, uh, she was really close with him and they talked a lot and my, when my dad passed away a couple years ago um, she I found out that she didn't have any family she was like with us at the hospital and like I don't know I just didn't know how close they really were long story short um, I kind of felt like asking her out to dinner and I know it was kind of weird but I felt like this kind of like I maybe should be there for her I guess kind of thing and um, next thing I know I went over to her house and we cooked dinner and we talked and stuff. And um, every week after that for two years, we did that. And um, I ended up calling her, her name was Mary Gale. I ended up calling her MG. But, you know, the thing was, I thought I was going to be there for this alone widowed woman. And uh, that MG, you know, also stands for mom from God. She was so much to me. And I actually needed her. And that was really, I think, irrational for me to go over and spend the night at this woman's house every week for the last two years. But I don't know who I'd be. Um, I, I, she just passed away last week, so it was like, oh. it's kind of hard to talk about. But um, I don't know I'd be without her. And uh, that was irrational, but it was so God. I mean, that's foolish in the wisdom world to like go and spend my time over there every week, make this, you know, hour long drive, but God knew what he was doing, you know? And so, yeah, I would say. That's good. Susan, we'll give you the last one. So I was working at this uh, church up in Seattle, and um, I had an incredible community. Um, I mean, to be honest, I loved my job. Um, everything was going, you know, like, oh, man, I'm really doing it, you know? And, um, and yeah, I felt like God was telling me to move back to Florida. And uh, not that Florida's not cool, but it was just like, <laughs> I was doing it, right? And... Uh, 
And uh, they were talking to me about um, planning a campus in Capitol Hill, which in Seattle is like this really, it's a cool area. And it was just like everything was kind of lining up, but then I felt this like thing, and I was like, oh no. And I, you know, and that's just like the posture I was closing off. I was like, I'm not going to ask anyone about this because I don't want anyone to confirm this. <laughs> but uh, weird stuff started happening, and I'm not saying it happens like this all the time, but sometimes if God's trying to get you to go somewhere, I think He'll He'll try to get your attention any way He can. And. Uh, I was on a walk in Woodenville, Washington. That's equivalent to taking a walk in Titusville, okay? And, or Mims, actually. And uh, so I'm on a walk in Mims, and uh, I'm on this pipeline trail. So there's like, there's some houses here and there, but anyways, and I'm praying, and I'm like, I'm, I'm going to go there for a minute. God, is this really you? Is this really what you want me to do? And some weird stuff had already happened. And I'm walking, and I see this white horse, like, walk up to this <laughs> fence. And I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I, automatic, I'm, I'm, I automatically started thinking of, like, the never-ending story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, it's this, like, glowing white horse. Yeah. Yeah, no, it was, it was kind of, and I was like, all right. So I kind of, like, I'm, like, gravitating towards this side of the road or the dirt path. And I'm, like, walking. And I don't even get up next to it, you know. And I keep walking. And then um, I'm feeling like God's talking to me about this whole thing. And for like 20 minutes, I'm in this thought process, daydreamed out. And I look over and I look on this barn and there's a, a Florida state sign. It said A1A and I grew up on A1A. And I was like, the, the fact that that's there on the other side of the country on a pipeline trail in Mims, I was like... Now, given it, just for me, it was just like one more confirmation, and then things just started falling back. Little did I know, I'd move back to Florida. I would be with my dad. Um, I lost my dad two years ago, so I moved back just in time to be with him during that time. And then five months later, I'd lose my mom, and I got to have closure with both of them. My mom received Jesus two days before she passed away. And that wouldn't have happened if I wouldn't have made a phone call that I felt like the Holy Spirit told me to make a phone call. I mean, these things don't make sense all the time, but you got to realize God's doing something bigger. He's trying to bring all his children home. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, started with the sign in Mims. So I want to invite um, the worship team to come back up, and I want to invite all of you to stand. You know, my heart is we continue to, to live into testimony. I think it's good to teach and it's, it's good for us to sing together. It's good for us to pray together, but to, to bear witness to one another's stories as they're unfolding and us having that mature perspective together. It's like we're, we know where we're headed. We have this trajectory. It's deeper into God, deeper into Jesus, being conformed more to think and feel and act like him. And I'm hoping that you heard something today that actually gave you language for what you're already experiencing or it opened you up to new possibility. And so how I want us to transition into worship is um, to have these four uh, pray over you, whatever the, the, the Lord leads them to pray, that you would receive... Um, I can think of the Pentecostal words like mantle, like you would take on the mantle, but like that you would receive this new awareness of the spirit of God because these people are living it out alongside of you. Um, and so I'm going to pray uh, and then I'm just going to hand it over to them to pray as the Lord leads them. Um, 
Father God, I thank you for each of your dear ones here. I thank you for these four children of yours that you have called home and that you're continually calling home. I pray for an increase in each of them of the authority that they have in your kingdom um, to listen and to respond to your Holy Spirit, an authority that comes from love and compassion and sacrifice and all of these upside-down, inside-out kingdom principles. Um, So Holy Spirit, now would you give each of them uh, words and visions uh, to to speak over this community in this moment that all of us would receive um, a new awareness and a new endowment of your presence uh, deep within each one of us. So you guys can just pray as the Lord leads. I just pray for openness for our community. I pray for um, just that the freedom of
I just thank you for a spirit of surrender in this room. That a lot of us here have had to fight and fight and fight and fight to make it to this point or to get where we are today. And I just pray that we would also be so aware that you're so willing to carry us. That there's another way that you're opening doors in people's lives and in their hearts right now. Maybe to process things in their past or to embrace new thoughts of the future. God, you're, you're doing something in this room right now. And I just pray that we would lay our weapons down, that we would lay all our preconceived ideas down and our thoughts about who you are and maybe, maybe let that story be rewritten. God, I just thank you for the posture of surrender right now in this room. Pray that we would be open to it, that we, maybe we would lean into it even just for a moment. But maybe when we go home, God, we love you and we thank you. Thank you for community. Thank you we get to do this together, that we're not alone. Thank you for music and the lights and everything that helps kind of just tune out the noise, but really help us like lean into what you might be saying and uh, the life that you're calling us to live. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. This has been the City Beautiful Church podcast. To stay connected, follow us on social everywhere at City Beautiful CH. We hope you join us again soon.